Hello and welcome back to Fan Critical's coverage of The Walking Dead. Tonight we're talking about Season 9, Episode 13, Choke Point. And Len's back. Yes, hello, I have returned. He's very um, excited, as you can tell. Kind of like the Dwight character. He might come back at some point. Oh, You know, yeah. don't know, maybe. I've returned for Is the we... final, how many episodes we've got left? Three. Three or four episodes, I'm back. Yeah, like, like Dwight, been wandering aimlessly in the woods. Very much Sad so. and scarred. Very sad. There's our line. Yes. Um, no John this week. He's having a well-earned break from uh, the three comic corners he never thought he'd do um, and refused to continue and yet was forced yeah. back into it. And I'm Emma, as always, your host. Uh, so this week we had an interesting episode. Um, we're going to do our usual structure, overall review, blueberry scores. Then we'll talk about the episode kind of as a whole, the key points, our dislikes and our likes. Don't know why I put them in that order. Oh, then we'll move on to Comic Corner, where we'll talk about the differences and comparisons from the comic. We're going to keep that question and answer uh, set up from last week. Mm. And if you don't want any of those spoilers, don't worry. You will get a spoiler warning and you can switch off at that point. Come back next week for the rest of the review. And following that, we'll tell you a bit more about what else we're doing moving forward. Lovely stuff. Everyone happy with that? Yeah, let's crack on with it. Good. Right. Straight into it. I'm going to kick off with what I thought. Good episode. I really enjoyed the focus on uh, Beta and Daryl's new little gang. Uh, mm-hmm. Some caucus from Carol. So Empire's quote of the week this week. Mm. Carol talking about a new group of characters. Yes. They sent a grammatically correct letter for crying out loud. Yeah. Quote oh, of the week. Yeah. I mean, that was that was funny. I yeah. like that. And she's got a point. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, I have my own thoughts about that whole B story that was going on. Yes. Well, um, I hope we're going to talk mm, about it. Yes, we will. Yeah. However, I have to say that in comparison to the last few episodes that we've had, this wasn't one of my faves. Um, and I think it definitely could have been a bit better. I think the switching between a really awesome storyline and some other slightly more stuff mm. makes it, unfortunately, a three out of five blueberries for me. Still a, still a decent score. Still a decent score. For The Walking Dead, that's still a good score. It is. I mean, to be honest, before this season, who'd have thought we'd ever go above a three out of five? We've had, given... you know, in in my absence, I have been listening. Um, did you hear the bombshell a couple of weeks I ago? I did hear the bombshell. So obviously oh. anyone who, who missed it, uh, John gave an episode of five blueberry score, which is unheard of for him, I think, at Completely least. Completely unprecedented. Unprecedented. And, you know, I was shocked. I was running on the treadmill at the time. Almost fell off the treadmill. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah. I almost fell off my chair when we were recording. Yeah, I um, did not see that coming. For those of you that don't know, the blueberry score is very simple. Zero is the worst. Five is the best. There can be no halves. Yeah, very much. Very, very simple Very scores. simple. Simple, harsh scale. Harsh but fair. Very, um, very fair. Speaking of which, Len, would you like to tell us what you thought about the episode and give us your yeah i will i'll I'll catch you up to where i am on on the season because i've missed i think it's three episodes i've Mm -hmm. missed uh in terms of podcasting on them i agree with john that the five blueberry episode was a five blueberry episode so i i i'm with him on that but the thing that he said about that episode i think that was a couple of episodes ago when the whisperers were sort of outside of uh the hilltop and they were making demands in exchange for lydia for you know uh is it Alden and uh, Luke, was yep. it? Correct. Yeah. The only thing I'll say about that is the same thing that John said, which is, and the same thing that I'm going to talk about in this episode as my as my down, you know, downer for the episode, is the fact that they can't seem to juggle these B stories very well at the moment. So you have this excellent A plot where you kind of feel that they should just go for the whole episode just on that storyline. I yep. know they can't, 
all the time because there's a lot of characters and there's a lot of stuff they need to get through. But it just feels like some of the stuff is such filler for me. Uh, and even in that excellent episode, that was the episode where they were rooted, like going around for the cinema bulb, I think. And that I was, love that. I mean, it was, it was you know, it's funny. It's it fine. But it just didn't really work in contrast to the serious situation that you had going on at the hilltop. Yeah. Whereas if they stayed with it, and like last week, stay with the Whisperers. Mm. That is cool. Like, I just think seeing their camp and all that sort of stuff is what I wanted to see for ages. That, and you know, it's a shame they didn't stick with it, you well, know? a lot of the reviews that have been out um, over the last few weeks have said a really similar thing. And it, and what they've said, and, and I agree, is that it feels like they're rushing stuff a bit, which is why they're trying to plonk a load of stuff into an episode instead of focusing specifically on one uh, particular storyline. Mm. So in this episode, like Darren yeah. and, and Beta and, yeah. you know, the Whisperers and yeah. the camp and everything like that. And, and I agree. And I think that's probably why I didn't like this episode as much as the last few that we've mm. had, which I think have been solid four out of fives for me. Yeah, I think this episode, I'm, I'm going to talk about the good stuff now. The, this episode had something that I really wanted to see. It's not in the comics because Daryl doesn't exist in the comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Beta and Daryl showdown was excellent. Excellent stuff. Yeah, it was amazing. That whole storyline around, you know, the choke point, which is obviously the name of the episode, Mm -hmm. and the sort of build up to that showdown, even with the sort of, you know, supporting characters that are involved there in Lydia and and that lot, uh, and Connie, and, you know, Mm. I loved it. And this is what I mean. Stay with that storyline. I know it would be difficult to string it out maybe for a whole episode, but just try and stay with it. Like maybe go back to the Whisperers camp, get a bit more of their Mm -hmm. stuff again. I just felt like the episode would have been so strong if it just stuck with them. And it didn't, which was a shame because I didn't like the B stuff. And the fair stuff is fine. Stuff about the fair is good. We need that. The fair is going to be very important. We've talked about it briefly in Comic Corner and, you know, we're building up to this fair. But these highwaymen, they are useless Nonsense. I don't get, I just don't get for the life of me why you would introduce a new, a whole new group, a whole new clan when we already have so much going on and you're already jumping between, like we said, these B stories and C stories. Mm. Um, so that was bizarre. We'll talk about that more in a bit, de- in a bit more detail in a, in a little bit. But uh, for me, that didn't work at all. But the beta stuff alone with Daryl means this episode gets a four because I've been wanting to see Daryl uh, in a, like a serious fight for a yeah. long time. And, you know, if this was Rick, and I love Rick, you know I do. I'm glad he's still out there somewhere. 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 Over the rainbow. His movie will be out later this year. But I, I'm, you know, Rick would have been absolutely battered. He always gets battered. Like Rick somehow survives, but he literally gets the shit kicked out of him every time. And he's, he's in peril of death every time every single he gets time. into a fight. Whereas Daryl in this... I didn't fear for Daryl because I was like, oh, this is, he is awesome. When he was going two knives, we'll talk about it in more detail. Very that was cool. excellent. So for me, it's a four. Uh, that stuff was brilliant. Excellent. Well, between us, it's, that's not bad scores. Um, I think, you know, the last few weeks have been pretty bloody good for, for Walking Dead. It's so. a good run of scores all round yeah. for the entire season. Absolutely. I'd say it's averaging at least a three at this point. I'd say at- probably a four. Well, we'll have to go back at the end of the season. Let's go back let's. and let's give it an average. But I think, yeah, high, we can't do halves. So it's either a three or a four. Yeah. And at the moment, I'll probably say it's just heading towards a three. But if they nail the fair, then uh, it could be a four. Who knows? This could be a four out of five blueberry season. That would be mad. Like literally unprecedented. Considering last season was about a two. 
that's a bit fucking pushing it, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that, yeah. he might be generous. So, <laughs> Well, good. Uh, some nice overall thoughts. Uh, so we will uh, get back into the main episode run-through after a very short advert break. Oh. Hello, this is the advert break. Uh, we'd like to tell you a little bit more about some of the really exciting content that we've got coming up. Uh, this week, we will be recording our podcast on Captain Marvel. Yeah, very exciting. Very, very good. Yeah. That'll be out on Wednesday evening, late evening GMT. Very exciting. Mm. And that's Wednesday the 13th, if you weren't aware of the date. Mm. We've just recently done our most uh, recent Stephen King retrospective on the Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, all-time classic. All-time classic. Fantastic. And everyone's seen that. So even if you don't like our Stephen King, you know, Castle Rock content... Give it a try. Give that a try, because yeah. you've seen it. It's probably in your top five movies of all time, probably. And it probably goes on rotation like everybody's, but yeah, it's obviously. definitely always in there. Yes. And if you haven't seen it, go and watch it. It's mm. the top-rated movie on IMDb of all time. That is mad. And I don't trust IMDb, but fine. That's accurate. Mm. Uh, we've also got some exciting new content coming up. So John and Gareth have just recorded the worst of Netflix, yeah. and it sounds like it's going to be a riot. I am very excited to hear this uh, for several reasons. One, you know, they've branched out. They've gone and done something different. They've gone rogue. They've gone very rogue. And I'm excited as just a a fellow listener to... to hear what they come back with and I've heard it's hilarious so and that is going to be based on the film Leo the Lion which is apparently horrendously bad and it is on Netflix so we've I need heard, to watch that we've heard a few outtakes from the podcast oh God. and it sounds like a corker it does um, but we've got two very exciting uh, announcements if you haven't already heard these things over the last few bits of content that we've released Len do you want to tell the guys about the two exciting new things yes, that are happening for Fan Critical very much so so on Thursday uh, exactly a month before the official premiere date of Game of Thrones Season 8, we will be launching our Game of Thrones standalone podcast channel called Bastards and Broken Things, uh, which is our Game of Thrones centralised podcast. It is going to cover Season 8. Obviously, we're going to have a Season 7 recap before the season starts. We have released our introductory podcast. Well, we are going to release it on Thursday, so that will be out on Thursday, the 14th of March. Uh, And then anyone who's interested in Game of Thrones can get all of our Game of Thrones content there. That's where we first started podcasting about Game of Thrones, so we love it. We know so much about it. We just that's why we're some of us are even friends is because yeah. of that show. So it's pretty exciting stuff. It's very exciting for us. And just the fact that the show's back in a month is amazing and we're very, very excited. So get yourself watching the trailers, brush up on season seven, yeah. have a listen to what we think about that, yeah. and keep your eyes out for all the bastards and broken things content coming in the next few weeks before season eight. Yeah, it will be all across the social channels. So on Thursday we'll we'll make a post and if everyone could subscribe to that new channel that'd be amazing obviously only subscribe to it if you're interested in game of thrones but let's face it pretty much everyone is interested in game of thrones so the next thing is that we've done almost 100 podcasts now i think i think we've done over now with the content we've got coming up so it's time for us to start expanding and start thinking about uh the content that we produce and what you guys want us to produce and for us to do that effectively in the time that we have uh, with the you know finances and resources that we have available to us we have decided to open up our very own patreon account very very exciting it is exciting it is obviously loads of stuff on there that you get for a monthly donation towards the podcast the base donation is 
great because it gives you the opportunity to get all of our caster episodes. Our caster episodes, we're going to release at least three per month. They are short, like maybe 10 to 15 minute podcasts where we recast famous films with other actors and they can be silly or they can be serious most of the time they're just silly though i don't I think. think we've ever done no. one that isn't ridiculous we usually they're do fabulous. them after we've had quite a boozy podcast session so if you've been with us for a while and you like classic boozy fan critical cast it is the thing you want to get yourself into very much so. um, and for very little uh, donation to the mm. fan critical fund uh, you can get a hold of that through patreon yeah obviously all our main content is going to stay the same so all our major podcasts will be still free of charge no worries you know that's absolutely fine we wouldn't do that to you guys no no we would not do that but it's just so you can get the cast episodes we also have the option to have a chat with us on discord uh, every single month let us know your thoughts or just chat about something that you want to chat about with us like a different television show a different film what we also have an option for is commissioned podcasts so once a month if you sign up to a higher tier you can commission a podcast on any film or docudrama has to be something that you know we can all watch in a relatively quick space of time right yeah. uh, so that's also very exciting and then the highest tier is the option to actually be a guest on a podcast of your choosing uh, once per month so if how you, cool would that be that is pretty cool if you're a fan of like the walking dead then obviously you could do a walking dead podcast or mm-hmm. game of thrones game of thrones podcast or if you want to do one of the marvel films when they come out like maybe even an Avengers Endgame situation that is a pretty good one to be on to be fair so there's lots and lots of options out there and what we would love is you to support us if you can if you can spare it please do if not don't worry I will say the cast it's alone are worth the base donation, though. No. They definitely are. 100%. And you probably want to know how you can find out more about this lovely Patreon. Uh, you can do that through our social media. So yep. we are at FanCriticalPod on Twitter, yep. Fan underscore Critical on Instagram. Yep. Just search FanCritical on Facebook or pop us through an email and ask for the details on Gmail. It's yep. FanCriticalPodcast at Gmail. Correct. And there's also in the show notes, there will be a link to the Patreon. So there. Literally can't escape it. You will never escape the Patreon. Um, But thank you in advance for anybody who has a fair, spare few pennies to support us. Uh, Mm. But for now, thank you very much. Thank you, everyone. Yeah, let's get back to it. (laughs) Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Right. So, Len, let's talk through our uh, favourite and least favourite parts of the episode. Mm. I am going to kick off by talking about something that I didn't like so much, mm. which was uh, Tara and the gang travelling on the road. What was going on with that that tree? Just pick it up. Uh, it's just, it just feels for me like this whole Tara on the road stuff, um, it feels very contrived. It feels like they're trying to introduce these highwaymen. Obviously, they come in at the end and they save them. They don't really need saving. They're a very skilled group of warrior you know warriors at this point why well, why I mean, are they at one they... point i thought earl was going to get eaten i mean earl he might enough. even have been bitten actually i mean i like that i like earl and tammy by the way i actually think they're decent characters and... well we can kind of incorporate that into this chat but mm. but yeah you're right i mean it was basically a kind of plot point to segue the highwaymen into yeah. the main storyline wasn't it um, bizarre but it all just felt a bit contrived. And I think that, you know, we talked about the A and B plots earlier. I felt a little bit like this just didn't really do justice to well, Tara for a start. Yeah. Who was more than capable of sorting this shit out. My, my biggest issue with this whole situation is we know for a fact that in set, you know previous episodes that the Whisperers uh, know the routes that the, that the group take. Because yeah. that's why they're worried about travelling to the fair mm-hmm. is because these guys wear the masks and they could sneak among the walkers and stuff like that. Yeah. Right? Why were there no whisperers attacking this group? 
Now, that would make perfect sense to me for another group of Whisperers to be out there attacking this group. Yep, logical. Logical. It follows on the threat of the Whisperers, which, you know, is heavy, heavy, heavy stuff in this episode with Beta and everything. But you don't really get the scope of them at the moment. I know we saw their camp, but they can do some serious damage. Yeah. Like, there are more, like you said last week, you were surprised at how many of them there were. There are more than you think. That You know, we're talking, you know, a large number to, to rival the communities that we have here. So it was a shame not to have them attack Tara mm. and that lot on the road. I just felt then that would have made that whole sequence more worthwhile. It would know? have tied everything in a bit better, wouldn't it? Yeah. Because actually it just felt like a kind of a reason to bring in another group of characters yeah. that just don't feel necessary. No, and think about the conversation that Michonne um, and, and Aaron had mm-hmm. at the end of last week's episode in Alexandria, where they were like, oh, we can't go on the roads because these people will attack us, right? Why were we not seeing Alexandria, you know, taking the journey to the fair as well? Would make more sense. I mean, you could have doubled up that situation there Mm -hmm. um, and it would have been far more interesting. And then to actually have them attacked by Whisperers would have sort of proven, you know, Michonne right in in some senses but also it is the decision of the group to go so they take their their lives in their own hands absolutely but uh, that for me would have been a bit more interesting I think they're obviously saving a lot of whisperer content uh, for the fair and all this other stuff so let's see what happens with that yeah I mean I I get that and and that makes sense we we can kind of come back to a bit of that when we talk about the rest of the whisperer content but I mean you you mentioned this Earl Tammy and the new baby Mm. you like Earl and Tammy yeah I think Ever since we saw uh, Tammy and Earl when uh, Gregory met his demise yeah, and all of that stuff, which happened obviously six years earlier in the canon now. But, God, yeah, you forget uh, about that. It's like you? pre-Rick and then post-Rick. We'll call it, it's just PR both times. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I really like the actors. I think they do a good job. I would believe that Earl would be in peril because he's never really been outside No, he's not a particularly competent fighter, is No, he? but I love Tammy in this. She was going, she was going, Pretty, pretty rogue. Baby in a box. Off Love we it. go. Saved his life. Loved it. I, Clever. Yeah, I quite like that. And actually, what I liked about I'm I'm a bit hit and miss with Tammy and Earl. Sometimes they're a bit shit. Sometimes they're great. Mm. And it was um, the thing I did like was uh, them at the end when they eventually ended up at the kingdom and they were talking about you know yeah, finding yeah. the baby a home. Mm. And uh, Jerry's Jerry's lady says, "Oh, I think he's already found himself one." And then they just look really happy. It they, was quite sweet. It is sweet. Uh, what? Is going on with this baby. It has the worst luck with zombies. Oh my God. It's like it's a zombie magnet. It, it's crazy. I like the way that they have got the box though, but I feel sorry for that baby. I mean, <laughs> when that baby gets to like even infancy, I fear for that child. Well, let's be honest. The box isn't as bad as just being put in the middle of a field to be eaten by walkers. Conveniently, as it, was two weeks it had ago. little holes in the box though for like breathing. So do you reckon that was like their plan all along, just in case they got attacked? Put Maybe. The baby in a box. Clever. Maybe and that is the sort of parents. stuff that I want to see. I want to see more zombie. <laughs> You know, smarts, because there wasn't enough of it earlier in the previous seasons. I think this season, six years on, there's some good sort of zombie traps that they set and there's some good like plans that they have. And I love that sort of stuff. So more of that, please. I agree. I agree entirely. Oh, can we can we talk about it? We've got to talk about it. So title of the episode, Choke Point. You mm. want to talk about zombie traps or mm. anti-zombie traps. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, Beta, the Whisperers, they turn up, Daryl and the gang. Best part of the episode hands down right easily the best part of the episode did you think that uh beta was gonna be 
dead at the end of this episode no. just out of curiosity no because it would be ridiculous and actually was it like the week before last when he first turned up i sat there with john like i we had to like stop and check this i, went, I swear to god that's op from sons mm. of anarchy and it is ryan hurst yeah who is an amazing actor and he's just so like towering and powerful and i thought it'd be a fucking waste to have him in in the show for 30 yeah. minutes and cut him out so yeah. for me it was like well obviously he's gonna be all right he'll land on mm. you know a pile of bodies or something and, and it'll be fine or there'll be a mattress and well yeah that'd be very convenient i mean daryl does so well setting up a trap but if he gets to take the mattress out from the elevator shaft yeah well you know sometimes classic you get Darryl. these things in classic daryl uh it was brilliant beta is one of the coolest characters in the comics i think I'm really excited uh, fan to see Fan favourite sort of villainous character. And, you know, just the fact that he wields the two knives. Daryl oh. had the two knives. I think let's talk about the setup of it, though, and, and why they go yeah. there. So it's Connie's idea that she's got this secret area that her and the gang used, which is very smart. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. How they get that many supplies and just leave them there still is crazy to me. Mm. But fine. Makes sense. I kind of like it. Television. It's a good survival plan. They go up there. Obviously, Horny Horny Henry, that's his new name, right? Yep, Horny Henry. Horny Henry. Who, Sometimes Horny Homicidal Henry, but mostly just I mean, Horny Henry. Love makes you do crazy things. And I have to say, Henry's judgment at the moment is appalling. Yeah, but I mean, he, he's, he's not thinking straight, he, is he? He gets one or two kisses and he's, he's off in the clouds, he's off in fairyland. Because why he's not killing these people like, is madness. Okay, so I understand that... He wants to keep Lydia happy because, mm. you know, Horny Henry's in love. Because well, he, he's known him for all the five fucking minutes. Five. Well, that's his first ever kiss. <sighs> so, yeah. Well, let's not even talk about my Second ever kiss. one in this one. So, yeah. just saying. Bless him. He's loving he it. He's bloody loving and it. And I do understand the point of it. They're trying to show that, you know, he can be moral and blah, blah, blah. But also, get a grip. You're going to die. You've well, been stabbed in the leg. You know, if you get stabbed in the leg, he could bleed out there. He could be game over for Easily. Him. But Absolutely. obviously, he's not going to. But yeah, so you're right. So Connie, um, you know, takes them to, to their, like, stronghold. And mm. then they hatch a plan. We're going to we're gonna create a choke point. We're going to pin, you know, the walkers downstairs, get the whisperers upstairs so Clever. we can take him out. Really fucking smart. smart. Really good. I'm annoyed that Beta didn't... He knew it was a trap, but I think he was so overconfident that he could still yeah. take them out. And to be fair... He's pretty fucking like yeah. hardcore. Yeah. He's terrifying. When He's you, terrifying. When they were walking He's huge. Up, you can spot him a mile off. I mean, Ryan House is what, six foot four, I think. Yeah, he's so a big he's boy. He's a big lad. He's a big lad. And he's built as well. Yeah, he's not he's not small. I mean, Dow, even Darrell, I mean, Norman Reedus isn't a small guy by any stretch of imagination, but Comparatively, it's like Lauren he, fucking Hardy. He looks like tiny compared to him. When yeah. they were fighting, it's like David and Goliath sort of stuff. Yeah, it was. Actually, that's a really great comparison. And the two knives on the two knives thing, loved it. Because yep. Daryl wielding two knives is cool and Beta's weapons of choice are his two giant sword knife things. Sword knife. Um, I just love it. And I love the way that Daryl used his hunting skills to mm. best Beta. Because I don't think Beta's the smartest fighter he's brute force he's brute isn't he? force he's kind of like bane you know from mm, batman and stuff like yeah. that you know not the bane from the dark knight trilogy but the, the comic bane you know where he's just like smashing everything and going crazy exactly he not a hulk. very much so like the hulk possibly just just smashes everything including Daryl for a wall several times in this, which was quite cool. Oh my God, it was amazing. It was like, I love that when people throw people through walls. And I know it wasn't like big real walls. They were like stucco plaster walls. But still, like like people shaped hole in a wall. Yeah. 
Amazing. No, it is brilliant. And a showdown that we needed to see. Like I said, Rick would not have fared well in this showdown. I don't think, I would not believe that Rick would win this showdown. That's no. the thing. Well, it's kind of, actually, if you think about it, if you compare it to that showdown that Rick and Negan had when they like that thought one. Negan was dead, but Rick almost fucking got done, didn't he? Yeah, I like that showdown. And, and you, yeah, and I did as well, but you really feared for, for Rick's life. Whereas in this, I think there was one moment where you go, oh, fuck, is Daryl going to be all right? Yeah. But yeah, you talk about his hunter, like hunter abilities. Exactly. He's been living in the wilderness, him and Dog. I love, do- I love Dog. I've been away for oh. a few weeks. I just want to say, I this love is Dog. The day of dog. I love Dog. Uh, please don't kill Dog. That would be disastrous. Look, At the moment, that would actually hurt me more so than most characters dying. Yeah. So I agree. I think John feels the same way about Dog. Let's not kill Dog. Let's not kill dog. Long live dog. Long live dog. Um, but you know he he's clearly learnt some some pretty cracking skills, and you know when he Beta thinks he's he's bested Daryl, and then all of a sudden this fantastic nope, see you later down the lift shaft. I, I did love the down the elevator shaft. I'm surprised he's got no injuries, but well, you know it's fine. Well, he didn't. I mean, he didn't just pop up, did he? He was sort of going. Here's a question for you, though, Emma. Here's a question. So we've got this amazing sort of situation that we've got at the choke point. Mm-hmm. Where was Alpha this episode? She's going to fuck shit up somewhere else, isn't she? But what, what do you think? Hilltop. Right, you think that she's she's taken some some of the whispers and she's gone to Hilltop, do you? I reckon she's gone back to wreak revenge because I think she'll assume that's where they've gone. Yes, yeah, so Lydia, their right? decision-making at the end of this episode is interesting about where they're going to go. Da- it seems to me that Daryl, yeah. Connie, Lydia and Horny Henry have decided to start a new magical family out in the wilderness. Well, that is exactly what I thought. And I was they I have written this down because I wanted to talk about it, but I wanted a bit of a surprise on it, but you beat me to it. It sounds like they're just going to go, oh, do you know what, new... New series, Daryl Dog and the Disciples. It's kind of all right. I just don't really like Horny Henry's acting at the moment. But other than that, I think Lydia's brilliant. By Lydia's the way. fantastic. I think she's really good. I've seen her in something before. I can't remember what it is, but she is no, great. No, I don't know. She is great. I just, there is a little part of me. I like it and I'm looking forward to their adventures. But there is a little part of me that goes, why would you not just go back to one of the three communities mm. where you know you could potentially be safe instead of just running off into the wilderness? My, and that's not about mm. saving people's lives by not kind of bringing the whispers to them because they don't know where the fuck you are. Yes. I mean, my, my, my concern with it is that even if they do run off, they're still dropping the other communities in it because there's no way that Alpha is well, going to exactly. let this challenge go. You know, that's you saw in the previous episode how brutal she can be when challenges come up against her. Yeah. They, she has to show strength. She has to show authority. Otherwise, she will lose her position of power. And also, if she doesn't know where they are, if they go running off into the fucking wilderness, despite the fact they might think they're saving other people by taking Lydia in the conflict away, Alpha's just going to go for a yeah. community. Yeah, well, she's so gonna... they're doing the complete opposite. Yeah, and I hope that, obviously, as much as a spin-off show with Daryl and, and Connie, who, by the way, I'm totally, sh- I'm totally shipping. I am. Is that what we say when we want them to get into a relationship. Yeah, that's what the cool kids say. I We're am shipping, shipping them to Yeah, you. I'm shipping them. We're relationshipping them, Emma. And I did say this when they went wandering yeah, off. Yeah, 100%. At the end of that episode, John said no. I said, no, I'm having it. I am having it. I want Daryl to have a relationship because he's not really... That would be a new direction for his character yeah. to go in. And there was a bit of intimacy from this episode. Daryl yeah. touched her shoulder and said, little, good work. A little fist bump fist on the bump. shoulder. And for Daryl... That's a pretty big deal, isn't it? That's basically saying, I love you, I want your babies. Pretty much. So I'm totally shipping them unless something disastrous happens. I was thinking that Connie might die in this episode. Now... we didn't lose her. We didn't, and I'm happy we didn't. I just felt that there would be some serious... I thought Beta was going to make a statement here. Like, even if he lost Mm. the battle, 
uh, the war, he was win this little battle. Sorry, and and I felt that Connie might be. Um, you know, taken from us, but I'm so happy that she isn't because I really, really like her character. She's, she's turning out to be amazing. She's now my favourite out of that group. Uh, yeah. It would have been Yumiko because she's really cool um, and she's cool in the comics as well. But uh, yeah, Connie for me, very much liking her character development and her with Dao. So that stuff is all excellent. Let's just see where Alpha is, shall we? We shall indeed. I've got a question about Beta, mm. um, which is more of an opinion question here, not a comic corner question. Don't worry, guys. Yeah. Um, he's a bit sort of grunty. And oh, you know, yeah. You know how like Daryl's grunty and manny and manly yeah. and this, that and the other? He's a bit grunty like he's sort of half bear. Is yeah, that... he's quite feral. So the idea of the Whisperers is obviously they're quite animalistic. Yeah characters are i think john mentioned it last week that they're not whispering enough perhaps mm. which i thought was interesting and uh yeah. he is right they're not whispering enough. they need to whisper more um but that's obviously very annoying as a viewer having to constantly yeah. maybe even have subtitles on to hear what they're saying i, I have enough I trouble with the darkness exa- sometimes. exactly yeah. i understand the problems but uh so they're quite animalistic i want them to be a bit more see their animal side coming out you did see that with their camp situation mm. and that that's why i wanted to see more of it last week and maybe that's what you're getting with the with the beta thing he i like it he is fully um as you saw there's some whisperers who are f- like going along with this there are yeah. others who are challenging it mm. you know there's people like lydia who are f- you know flipping between different sides at the moment yeah. and, and realizing there's more to life than just walking around wearing a zombie skin so but beta <laughs> is God. beta is I would say more into the sort of way of life than even Alpha is at this point, because Alpha sacrificed her authority to go rescue her daughter, which is something that they should, they never would do. No, and that's why Lydia was like, "Oh, maybe you do like me. Maybe you do like me." And and there is that element there to it, you know. So Beta, I'd say, is probably the strongest whisperer in terms of ideology and also just enacting yeah. terrible you know, things on other people. Well, the things I liked about this when I noticed it were, one, that this is how I felt the Whisperers should be when we finally got to see them. And, and I love the way that Samantha Morton's playing Alpha. She's I great. think it's fantastic. But Beta's like feral, and I really like that. Yeah. And also, um, I find it quite attractive. I find him weird. quite Just attractive. Weird, you are extremely weird. Why are you fancying people with zombie skins? That's because I know what he looks like underneath for me, the zombie skin has just put me right off there. I mean, I wouldn't be attracted yeah. to him anyway. No, you know, no offense. It's not the way I'm I go. Sure it's not the way I go. I'm not, you know, I'm not shipping a me and beta relationship. I wouldn't be either, to be honest No, fair me. play. Sorry. Fair play. No. Um, okay, right. So let's talk about the highwaymen, shall we? So out of nowhere, there's been some little skirmish. Mm. Jerry has lost, Jerry and Diane have lost their weapons and they're like, no, look, we've got a note from these guys that ambushed us and it's, you know, very grammatically correct. Lovely, lovely. Mm-hmm. And they say, give us access to the fair. Otherwise, we're, we're going to fuck you up. Blah, blah, blah. And everyone's like, well, what the fuck is this? And I'm sitting there going, wait a minute, what, what, what's going on? This came out of nowhere. We did have a piece of feedback, uh, I think it was last week, where someone, I can't remember on on Instagram, because I wasn't on the Instagram channel, but someone said, what about the sign uh, that we saw last week, the symbol, which is like oh, a, yeah. a, a V symbol on the back of the sign. And uh, uh, I was interested what it was last week as well. And then you sort of get it revealed this week. Mm. And it felt so flat, so yeah 
flat. This whole thing was flat. Like, and it was almost kind of blink and you miss it last week, wasn't it? It wasn't... Yeah. Do you remember when we saw the wolves, for example, which were yes. a, a group of quite feral scavengers that oh, I how much I run amok them. in Alexandria and started killing people? Well, that, was, that was really cool, that stuff. Awesome. Right? Uh, and you had that sort of, what are these symbols? You know, these Ws and you had mm. them like labelling containers full of zombies and stuff, uh, of walkers and stuff like that. That was cool. So when you see these symbols, you kind of think that they're going to be this really cool group or something, you know. And when they said Highwaymen, uh, I immediately went to Fear the Walking Dead, which is obviously a show that if anyone listens to this follows, there is a group, um, I think it's in season four, I think they're called the Ravagers or something like that. Mm. But for a time I was like, is this like, are they similar to the Ravagers? And and the way they operate is they sort of essentially cut off all access to get supplies and essentially starve a community out until the community has to either leave and they give give up all their supplies and they come in and take them. Or they they force a trade, as in like they force the, the, the community to give up some of their supplies so that they can go and get more. It's essentially terror t- tactics. So when this happened and the highwaymen and the way they operate came into play, I was kind of like, oh, this is cool because the Ravagers in, I think they're called the Ravagers. I apologize if they're not. But uh, in Fear the Walking Dead were quite an interesting, different sort of group that I hadn't really seen before. So I liked it. Um, but then when we actually got the reveal of the highwaymen, oh I was God. so disappointed. So we open up onto, so Ozzy's their leader, right? Mm. Um, you open up and they're all standing around with a bunch of mannequins. And then how, oh, are, they, madness. how are they finally convinced to not fuck around and, and help the kingdom? By a movie. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's co- hilarious. It's comic relief, isn't it? Let's but, be honest. Oh my God. Um the way that Carol delivered it was quite funny, though. She, I mean, she's been on form in the last few episodes, to be fair. She, the thing is, she must be making two different sh- They must be making two different shows here, right? Because they've had some really 100%. dark... 100%. They've got some dark stuff going on with, like, Daryl and, uh, you know, Horny Henry and The Whisperers. And then Carol and Ezekiel, they're, like, shooting schedule. They must have been reading their script going, is this meant to be, like, a... A comedy or something. There are some fucking like zombie jolly. It's like Zed Nation. I don't want to be like slate <laughs> slating that show in any way, shape, or form. But <laughs> it, you know, this what the Walking Dead. I'm not saying it's better than the Walking Dead because it's not. But I just mean it's it's a bit more jovial at times. And it felt to me like their scripts are just a bit ridiculous at the moment. If you split the last few episodes into two different shows, and one of them was like the A plot, and yeah. the other one was the Carol Ezekiel oh B plot. Fuck me, that would be a zombie comedy. It would. And it, I would be loving it. I mean, they need to improve their comedy, but yeah. Well, it was interesting because I read a review today. Um, so the get guy, the Shaun of the Dead guys in. Get Edgar Wright yeah. in there. That would be good. Well, the guy that directed this episode um, predominantly, I think, does like, I want to say theatre, um, like musical right. theatre or something like that. Where are they getting these directors? Well, clearly, I could be a director. I could be a bloody director of this episode. No, no. Oh, Alex Leonard's directing it. Sorry, full name myself. Um, what's he done? <laughs> oh, I've just edited some other videos. Oh, get him in. Get him get in. He'll do. Anyone, anyone will do. <laughs> anyone will do. The Walking Dead needs to just pay some money, hire some good people. I'm not saying this is a badly directed episode by any stretch of imagination. It is quite funny though. But why are they not getting those HBO directors? Now. Uh, no, I've got to say, if they introduced the Highwaymen like four episodes ago, yeah. and we had a bit of drama and it was all a bit tense and they weren't yeah. quite so fast. And they weren't so shit. Uh, yeah. They're uh, awful. Then, How are they still alive? <laughs> then I might be buying it and it might kind of work, but this just felt like they've thrown them in. It's almost like they're fodder for the fair. 
I, I think I think that's I, the only way yeah. they they are there. It's like, oh, what other characters can we get to the fair? And uh, you know, no one knows what's going to happen at the fair. I'm not saying anything's going to happen, but there is an event. It's an event. Obviously, they're building up to it. Something will happen. We are going to essentially lose some characters at some point. So nine, apparently, according to I John mean, last week. Well. John's chatting garbage. Don't listen to John. And the show doesn't do what the comics do. I'm not going to reveal what happens in the comics. But uh, yeah, they're just there. They're red shirts. They're going to die. Probably horrendously. And we're not going to care. It's that thing where the Walking Dead is sometimes, you know, I'm just saying, sometimes it's scared Mm. to kill off its big characters. Now, look, they proved me right with Rick. They didn't kill him off, did they? They killed Carl off. I think that's a big move. Brave, though. Brave. That, that, that's the only brave move I think they've made for a very long time. And, you know, they, they're sometimes scared to kill off their big characters. So what they do is they go, oh, there's that extra in the back. We'll give him a couple of lines. And then literally about four scenes later, he dies. And oh, you, like and they, the cart yeah, scene. Yeah, and they want us to care yeah. about these characters. I don't fucking care about these characters at all. No. Like, and they are useless. And you're never going to. They're just red shirts, fodder. And that is probably what these highwaymen are. Yeah. Well, um, Aussie reminded me a little bit of, um, like, a slightly more sober version of Jack Sparrow. Maybe. Like some I mean, kind of comedy pirate. What was his accent about? What know. What was it all about? I don't know. He was talking in this gruff, gravelly voice. He's got his, like, Texan hat on. I was like, what is this? Nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Um, I hope he does die. I hope he... I hope he is massacred at the fair. I hope so he gets his face eaten off. That would be good. A good yeah. face eating off. By dog. Well, that would also be very good. Yeah. And dog becomes the new leader of the highwaymen. Brilliant. Love that. And on that note, uh, <laughs> um, but genuinely, I think we've probably covered most of most of the episode. Len, is there anything that you want to talk about that we haven't broached so uh, far? I just want to ask your opinion on when you think the fair is going to happen. We were told... In the last episode, that it is a, a day and a half is, I think, what they were saying the, in Alexandria. It's a day and a half time the which fair is, a, is happening. Which Oh, I thought you meant the length of the fair. I was like, no, oh, it's, it's, it's happening in a day and a half time. And that was the last episode. So it kind of feels like it's happening as in tomorrow in their universe. So do you think it will be next episode? Or I, do you think they're going to string this out and the fair will be the season finale no i think it's going to be next episode um and john and i talked about this last week and that neither of us have been watching yeah the i'm next not watching the trailers. previews either because i'm not even looking at the I, episode names yeah i've decided not to do that because i don't enjoy it it kind of raises my expectations for something yeah, or I, in I some cases makes me feel disappointed because i know for a fact if i look at the preview and then next week is going to be just an episode in alexandria or an episode at somewhere random like what's that seaside community called oceanside oceanside i don't know i'm i haven't seen it i don't know if that's going to happen but that would just devastate me so i don't want to know i also don't i don't want to know that the fair is coming up next week i don't want i, mm. I don't want it to surprise me yeah. and that's one of the things i think that sometimes doing the podcast you lose that because you are trying to get ahead of yourself so mm. much so actually what i'm trying to do this half of the season i think it's working well is let myself be surprised by the episode the first time i watch it and yeah. then rewatch it and work out kind of what else is going on so if the fair is the next episode which would be episode 14 <clears> we'd have <throat> episode 15 and 16 for something else so interesting i yeah i'm hoping well the fair could last more than one episode it could that it very, is it very, something we do have to consider very well could uh, that would be stringing it out but let's um let's see what they do but it's interesting that you think it's gonna be next week i really hope it is next week because as i said for ages they string out these storylines way too much sometimes way too much and i think they could just condense it down mainly by getting rid of some of this b nonsense b plot nonsense nonsense exactly 
And that's all I have to say on it. But good episode. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed talking about it, actually. Um, but that is that is it for our episode proper run through. Mm. Now, if you don't want any spoilers from the comics, then switch off now because it is time for Comic Corner. And for the first time in about four weeks, Yay. I'm going to hand the reins over to Len. Yay. Yay. Yes, hello. Um, I'm back. Uh, I'm, yeah, well, John's happy because he doesn't have to do any homework. Doesn't have to think about what he's read because he can't remember anything. Bless him. But uh, I am a dictator at times. I'm told in this podcast. He is. They call me the lentator. Um, yeah, it's a lentatorship. It, well, creative director is what I like to call it. But I have heard some feedback, and I listened as well to the podcast in my absence, and I did in you know, agree that the Q&A format of Comic Corner did work quite well, um, actually, last week. Oh. And I felt that that is maybe a change that I will consider. So what? this week, considering there isn't too much Comic Corner, because there really isn't, I thought it'd be good to uh, do the Q&A thing again. So, Emma, fire away. Uh, you can ask me questions about the comics. I will not give too many details away. I will try not to spoil anything, and I'll try and keep it in the current timeline context. Shoot. Ooh, this is exciting. I get to sort of be in charge again. Mm. This is fun. Right. You're meant to be the host. You're meant to be in charge not all the time. Not in Comic Corner. No, very true. This is your bit. Right, mm. question number one. Um, and we've sort of it's talked like about mastermind. this. mastermind. Yeah, go on. We sort of talked about this a little bit in the kind of episode review proper. Um, but the Highwaymen, in the comics... Are there any similar types no, of groups? No, I don't think there are. I, oh, often, don't I, say it. No, no, idiot. No, not like an idiot, but I'm just thinking off the top of my head and I was getting angry at myself. <laughs> Do I know the answer to that question? Yes. I don't think there are any groups like that. We see, you know, random groups throughout the comics and yeah. stuff like that, little packs of scavengers and stuff. But I don't think there's anyone called the Highwaymen that I remember. I don't think Kirkman would write someone like the Highwaymen. They seem extremely pointless. And the fact that they survived 10 years in the zombie apocalypse at this point uh, baffles me considering how inept they are. Yeah. So okay. don't think they exist. If I'm wrong, I apologise. But uh, why were they here? Just get rid of them. They will be gotten rid of. Probably at the fair. Probably. Yeah. Okay, so they are purely, we think, we're 99% fodder. certain, purely TV plot fodder. Yes. Okay. Um, so last week, John and I talked about the fact that it's it's Rick that rescues Carl and Lydia from the Correct. Whisperers. Yeah. Um, obviously, that's replaced with Daryl and Connie mm. um, in, in, in last episode and this episode. Yeah. After... Just the- want to stop you there. I mean, listeners, let us know your thoughts on this. You can email us at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com or get in touch with us on social channels, whatever you like. When I say to you that the comics had, you know, and I, I was, you know, angry when they killed off Carl and everyone who listens to this knows that. It gets brought up every week, I think. And uh, the fact that Rick's gone. Do you think that this storyline would just be so much better if you had Rick and Carl as being central to this whisper? storyline i mean look, i'm not slagging off daryl because i think he's been excellent this season you are, though, aren't you? no he's been excellent <laughs> i'm joking he's had so much more to do and rick mm. leaving the show is the best thing that could have happened for his character and norman reedus to be honest with you um but just when you think about it like replacing henry with carl right 
that's just a massive upgrade. It's a huge upgrade, and it and it's so much yeah, more yeah. emotional because it's Rick's son, and at this point, Rick is you know the super leader of the communities and all this stuff. So, do you think it would be stronger if you had those characters? I think to an extent, yes. I mean, tell us what you guys think, but I'm going to answer anyway. Uh, to mm. an extent, yes, but on the flip side of it, no. Actually, at this point, because I really. I'm really enjoying Daryl getting the opportunity and obviously, you know, he doesn't exist in the comics, blah, 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 blah. Um, but Daryl getting the opportunity to show what he's made of and him, actually him and Lydia, I think are fantastic together. Mm. I think they have a really yeah. good, really good chemistry I'm, on screen. I'm, I'm pretty confident in me saying this. I think Lydia and Daryl's um, interactions are already stronger than Rick and Lydia's. I go. don't... I don't remember too much of Rick and Lydia in the comics in terms of them conversing, but I do like the way that Daryl interrogated her. I like the way yeah. that he um, has this sort of bond with her. He sees something in her that he likes in terms of like, he, he thinks that she's a good person. Otherwise he yeah. wouldn't have brought her along. Uh, so that's all very interesting. Agreed with that. I do agree with that. But I do also see your point in that Rick and Carl would have had a whole different dynamic, but I like this one. Yeah. Fair, fair enough. So actually, fair enough. So actually, no, I don't think it would be better. Yeah, that's you could all tell me if mm. you think I'm wrong. Um, <clears throat> okay, so kind of following uh, the the question that followed on from that was, does the storyline follow on the same way? Is there a showdown between Beta and somebody? No. Oh. No. So this is all um, this is all show show contrived, and it works very well. And it works very well for a character like Daryl, like we said, who needed a scene like this to just yeah. remind us how he is the ultimate survi- survivor in this zombie apocalypse. Like, he is the ultimate. Like, mm. he's your top-ranked soldier. He's in your MMORPGs. He's on level 100. He's just literally batting people away. Easy money. So it's great to give him this sort of a showdown. Um, I think John alluded to a fact that Beta gets introduced a bit differently in the... Um, in the comics, and I think he's correct. I think there is another character that he mentioned that, that bumps into him, and then he's introduced yes. to the group that way. So that is more interesting. I don't know if the show's going to go there. Well, not with the introduction part, but where that storyline in the comics goes. I won't okay. spoil it. It's brilliant, and I really hope they do go there. It looks to me if they do do that, it's going to obviously be next season, I think, at this point. Okay, interesting. Mm. very interesting it's very elusive that one sorry I don't want to spoil anything because I think that's a really cool storyline that that has a lot of scope so no and I think actually it's interesting to know that this is show only show only um, which I quite like I think they've done a really good job of it and for the right reasons you, you wouldn't have needed to establish Rick as Rick would have got his ass kicked yeah, especially in the comics done. at this point Rick is an old battered man he, he's although, got one arm he's got one arm his leg was broken essentially in half and it was a by miracle Negan. he didn't lose his leg with by Negan in, at the end of all that war he walks with a cane he you know he has some some scrapes and some fights in the round the the issues around this sort of storyline and you genuinely fear for his life he struggles with walkers to an extent at this point he he can't handle big groups of walkers his mobility is down old man it, it, yeah old man rick if he were to get into a confrontation with beta he'd be dead instantly there is literally Fuck. zero chance of him winning i suppose if i thought about that then it would have been logical that this doesn't mm. happen yeah um, in that storyline yeah uh, i've got one more question because actually there's not a huge amount here storyline wise to talk about but mm. um in the comics does beta have as much autonomy 
uh, as kind of like second in command of the Whisperers, as he seems to in the show. Ooh, very good. He has a lot of autonomy. He he is a very respectful number two. He follows Alpha's commands. To the letter? To the letter, but he's obviously an aggressive. He's the muscle. He's the sort of enforcer. Every leader has to have an enforcer, right? And does she trust him to make choices for her benefit or she makes all the decisions uh okay and and he he enacts those decisions which is not far different from what we've got here no i don't think i think this is exactly you just don't know where alpha is in this episode but Mm. i can guarantee you that she has asked beta to go and track them yeah yeah, simple as that exactly simple as that so Mm. yeah that's it i've got no other questions any other tidbits you've got for us then not really, just at the fair. Obviously, John mentioned it last week. Um, Try not to ask about the fair. Yeah, I don't want to say much about the fair, but it's obviously on its way. Massive comic storyline, massive, massive stuff. I mean, I think it's it shakes the whole core of the show. So let's see what happens with that. And I don't want to say anything else about it because everyone's really excited about it. So I know the stuff around the fair that they've been showing us about getting the bloody cinema bulb and oh. all this garbage with the highwayman it's all terrible but i think they're doing it on purpose to lull us into a false sense of security super exciting very exciting no worries back next week if it is the fair the comic corner could be 50 minutes on its own so that's what i'm excited about john will be raging because he's definitely going to be in the fair episode (laughs) definitely he has to be no he has to be right thank you len no worries Thanks, Len. A, an interesting new setup for Comic Corner that we're continuing. I like it. Yeah, I think when it's there's fun. when there's not much to discuss in terms of the fact that if the episode's gone its own direction, I think a Q and A is more appropriate. Mm. I think when there's an absolute ton to get through, we might stick to the old. Okay, this is different. This is different kind of thing with the occasional question. Just my thoughts. I think it works well. Mm. Um, I think mm. we can play it by ear. Definitely so. Where it's relevant. Yeah. Um, but that's it for, for this week in terms of The Walking Dead. We'll be back for episode 14 next week. Same time, same place, um, which is any podcasting platform that you like to use, basically. Uh, but before we go, just a quick reminder about some stuff that we've got coming up over the next week or so. So this week, we will be releasing our review of Captain Marvel on Wednesday the 13th. Correct. Very late GMT. Yes. On Thursday the 14th, our brand new game Game of Thrones sub pod Bastards and Broken Things will launch with our review a preview even of uh, season 8 a chat about the trailers yep. and some ideas of some theories yep. it links to that and all the social platforms on that day on the Thursday as well as in show notes I'll also post it on the main fan critical channel with a link to the new thread so everywhere every angle um, and there's loads of other stuff that we've been doing over the last few weeks so um, if you're not already subscribed to our channels for God's sake do that and one last thing is just to remind you as we told you in the advert break, we've launched a Patreon. Yes. All the information about that is in the show notes and on all of our social media. So that is at fancriticalpod on Twitter, fan underscore critical on Instagram, and fancritical on Facebook. Yeah, we boy. would really love your support so that you can A, get access to some exclusive content, and of course all of the content that we'll still release to everybody totally free of charge, but also help us to put together some really new exciting content and support us mm-hmm. by even maybe commissioning some episodes exactly and there are shout outs in the podcast and just to say uh, we've not forgotten to the patrons who've already signed up the shout outs will be happening um probably later this week on our bigger podcast which is captain marvel or along the lines of the castle rock podcast so 
that's all still happening. We haven't forgotten about you. And thank you very much for signing up. And everyone thank else, you. please do support us if you can. Uh, but that is it from us for this week. As I said, we'll be back same time next week, Monday night, late GMT time. Don't even need to say time on that, do I? No. No. Uh, Greenwich Mean Time time. Greenwich Mean Time time. Time, time, time. Uh, but for now, thank you so much for listening and we look forward to speaking to you next week. See you later. See you at the fair. Bye. Maybe. Bye.